Welcome to the Your Purpose is Calling podcast, conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Today, my guest is Steve Rodriguez. Steve was born and raised in Los Angeles, where he worked in a corporate job in healthcare. He never imagined that he would one day leave LA until he began to feel God calling him and his wife to Wisconsin. Today, Steve and his wife are successful entrepreneurs that are bringing their heart for ministry into their business every day. In this episode, Steve talks about how he recognized that God was calling him to a new place, what practical evangelism in the workplace looks like, the difference between excellence and striving, and how creating a successful business has helped him use his gifting to pastor others and share his faith. You can access the show notes for today's episode at donsadler.com slash 016. Subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review because this helps us continue to grow a global community of people who are pursuing their God-given calling in the workplace. The Your Purpose is Calling podcast is brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals so they can achieve their God-given calling. You can find out more at boldvisionsbravewarriors.com. I have loved receiving emails from our listeners around the world about how this podcast is inspiring encouraging and equipping them to pursue their own God-given calling. If you have a testimony or story about something a guest on our show has said that has helped you, or if you just have a question or feedback about this show, email me at hello at donsadler.com. I'd love to hear from you. And now, let's meet Steve. Hi, Steve. Welcome to the show. Hi, Don. Thanks for having me on here today. I'm really excited to be on and I'm also honored. So really looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, me too. Me too. So um, just for our listeners, why don't we start by uh, having you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Okay. Well, I am originally from Los Angeles, California, and uh, that's where I was uh, born and raised uh, for a, a portion of my life. And uh, I currently live in uh, Wisconsin, and uh, my wife and I are both entrepreneurs, and um, I own a product brokerage and internet marketing business uh, online, and and so my wife and I have been working together for 11 years, and um, I actually have 15 years total uh, working in, in this industry, and, and my wife has 21, so we actually met uh, through through this business, So it's, it's and it's been great. That's so great. How, just out of curiosity, because I know a lot of our listeners are going to want to know, what's it like working and working with your spouse? What's that, what's that like? It, for us, for us, it really, really works. And because this is a question sometimes I get a lot from a lot of people when I, when they ask, you know, like when they find out, wow, you work with your wife. And it's like, I get either one of two responses, either that's great or like, whoa, that's, that's, how is that? And <laughs> for us, you know, my wife is really my best friend and we spend a lot of time together uh, because of the nature of our business being internet based. We have the opportunity to work not we work from our home or more so from our phone now today because of technology. So together, we actually spend more time together than we do apart. 
um, just in, in the area of business and also in the context of our marriage. And also we have a seven-year-old son that, uh, that we also get to raise too. So there's a lot of different dynamics, and, but there is a lot of time that we do spend together. So whenever we are traveling for, for any, any period to, for business or any type of thing, or we're apart, for us, it's actually weird for us because we, we, we're so used to being together that being apart actually is is a different thing. So it's it's a flip flop away from from most folks that would work in the uh, in the corporate world. And and I used to work in the corporate world as well, so I, I understand that dynamic too. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know that we had a you know we had a chance to talk um, earlier before the interview, and you're there's so many parts of your story that are so interesting. I want to jump into one particular one of it. I uh, uh, one particular part of your story, and that is. You mentioned that you're from LA and you had mentioned to me that you never thought you would ever leave Los Angeles and you felt like God called you to Wisconsin, which was a completely different kind of place than what you were used to. Can you just walk me through, um, one, how that transition was for you and two, how did you know that that was God calling you? That's great. Um, well, there, it's it's a really amazing story, and it's it, it actually took me years of, of just processing with the Lord and really figuring out the path that He had for me. So, like I said, I, I remember being in Los Angeles and telling my friends, I'm, I, I remember the day I said, I'm never leaving Southern California, because that's the part of uh, everywhere I said. I got everything I need. I got the beach. I got mountains. I got restaurants. I've got, granted, the traffic's not the best, but it was really the place where I was at. It's where my, my parents are, um, my, a lot of my sisters, um, I have four younger sisters, that lived in the area. A few have moved away, but many of them come back. So that really was where I really felt I was going to establish my roots. And and through the course of um, you know working in the corporate world, I was um, I was introduced to um, to the business venture that I'm a part of right now. And and through the course of that, when I met my wife, um, she was actually doing business training in Southern California, also down in like the Carlsbad area, which is North San Diego, and and so when we met, uh, we were initially were friends for about two years. We lost touch, then we reconnected. And at the time, I'm just giving you the short version, but at the time when we got, we decided we were going to get married, uh, she had a strong interest in actually moving to Southern California. So that made me very, very excited. Um, mm-hmm. So because of the fact that it was long distance, we were going to make a quick decision. I really sought the Lord on it. This was one of the things that I sought the Lord about with respect to staying in Southern California or going because I felt this pull to come to Wisconsin and I didn't know if it was going to be for a season or, or just, um, for a time. So, so after praying, I remember, uh, I was living in the Pasadena area, so more Los Angeles area. My parents were living in Orange County, which is a few hours away. And they lived down the street from, uh, from Saddleback church, which many of, uh, of the listeners may know Rick Warren, who uh, wrote the purpose driven life. That's the, the church that, that I was attending at the time. So I was driving there, visiting my family, going up. And I remember sitting at the the front steps of my parents' uh, home, really just seeking the Lord week after week after week. And then I heard the still small voice that, um, that that's talked about in the Bible. And all I heard was go. But I knew mm-hmm. in my spirit and I knew I had a piece about it that I knew I was supposed to go. I didn't know what that meant. Um, and so I, when I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm, I'm coming this way. Um, that's really where, where I came in. Uh, everybody thought I was nuts. My friends thought I was crazy. My parents, <laughs> thought, I mean, I mean, everybody did. And it wasn't logical, 
but I still felt that this is where I needed to do. I needed to go. And I wasn't sure if it was going to be for a season or for a time being. So when we got married, one of the amazing things about coming to um, Green Bay specifically is where I live today. Um, it's actually a town of about 100,000 people. So it's a really big, small town with an NFL team, the <laughs> Green Bay Packers. Mm -hmm. And so the city itself is not that big. So a lot of folks are surprised when they come here for the first time that how 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 not, you know, how it's not a big metropolis type of area that somebody would normally expect with a city having an, an NFL team. And so the amazing thing is that we since we've been married, uh, you know, we got married here in Wisconsin and Green Bay. And then our son was also born here. So this is really where I really felt drawn more to to this area. And I actually have an emotional attachment to Wisconsin again completely different culture, completely different climate <laughs> than Southern California, and and just a whole other dynamic of, of just being in the Midwest versus uh, in, the, in the large city. And so it wasn't until we went to ministry school uh, in Northern California a few years back that the Lord had revealed to me, he reminded me of a, of some signs that he had given me throughout my life, which was, which was um, in, when I was in junior high, living in Southern California, I used to play outside in the front and at the edge of this, at the edge of the, uh, the street that I lived on, there was a busy road where a lot of cars that, that went through. And I remember, uh, less than five times I would see this Astro van passing and it was a big green. It was a green Astro van all decked out with a big giant G with the green Bay Packers sign on it. And it was something that caught the corner of my eye. And it was only a handful of times that I saw that. So that was one thing that the Lord had reminded me that he was showing me. And then fast forward to that, I grew up watching boxing and soccer. And that was, those were the sports that we watch in Los Angeles. We, there really wasn't a stable football team there, but uh, my dad had also gotten work. He, he received some tickets uh, from his work for an NFL game. And I had never been to a game and he had never been either. And he took me to, uh, to that game. And this was when the Rams were in Los Angeles at the time they're back now, but that's at the time when they were uh, initially then. When we went to that game, the Rams were actually playing the Green Bay Packers. And I remember that game because I really didn't know the rules to the game. And um, I'm sure I saw a lot of great players there. But again, it was another experience. And then fast forward after I met my wife. So this is now, um, you know, uh, already in the corporate world, past college, uh, when I met my wife and I would go from Los Angeles, the Pasadena area to, to, to Orange County to see my parents. I would drive up to Saddleback Church every single Sunday. At this time, I had already met my wife who, again, we weren't, we, we were, um, you know, we weren't really dating at the time either. We just said I had known her, but I would pass this little street. It's a tiny little street on the way to Saddleback Church called Green Bay Road. And the Lord connected the three of those things together to let me know that he's been giving me signs for my entire life that I had a calling to come here. And when, when he revealed to that to me in a, in a time of prayer, I was just floored and, uh, and it, everything made sense. Like he had a plan, uh, for me and, and this is how it all came to fruition. And yet I was oblivious to it all, but yet he was in the midst of guiding my steps through my life. Um, and, which, which is really just an incredible thing that had happened for me. And I'm, I'm super grateful for that. So anytime I see any kind of signs, I really personally pay attention to those because you never know when God's always speaking and he speaks in so many different ways to so many different people in the way that 
everybody's been formed and created and, and to be communicated to. And so those are things that I pay attention to anytime I'm ever out and about. If I start to see recurring signs or numbers or, or things like that, I, I'm always, okay, Lord, what are you up to? And uh, that's yeah. a way that I guide my life today. What do you think that God had for you in Green Bay that, I mean, God can do anything in any place. We know that. But what do you think it is that God had for you specifically in Green Bay as part of your overall purpose? I, I really believe that, you know, I'm a transplant into this city. And I know a lot of your listeners uh, live in larger cities. Sometimes they, they maybe feel they may be called to other areas and they don't know whether to take the leap or not. But I was a transplant here. And so when I came, I didn't know anybody. And the interesting thing is actually going out. I had to force myself to go out into the community. Um, a lot of the times I did it, I went to networking events, whether it be local chamber of commerce or any type of events that were being held. Uh, more so for businesses, I was trying to make connections that way. But in the context of that, I started to form and build relationships with individuals. And friendships ended up coming from that. And, and myself, I, I, I consider myself an, an introvert, so to speak, in, in that, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm pretty, you know, I, I like to be in environments that are, you know, kind of almost controlled where it's okay. You know, you have permission to do that type of thing as far as talk to other people. And, and so that forum where networking events really became a really great way for me to go out and, and meet other individuals. So coming here, I really feel the Lord has a plan for not just myself, but my wife and my son. We... Um, operate as a family unit and also minister as a family unit as well. And in the past, it's always been, you know, the preacher or the one person. And I feel there's been a shift where the Lord is now starting to not just use the one individual that he's called. He's calling family units. He's calling groups of people and community. He's basically calling the church to work together to, to help advance the kingdom and help bring restoration and ministering to other individuals. And the way that God is using us here in this area is, is really the dynamics of us and how we raise our son, um, how we actually live out um, our marriage and our relationship, the things that are important to us, uh, what we do to help to grow and foster that uh, and be intentional about that. And then the other thing is how all of those dynamics are working in business and, and really being able to, to help um, to show that live it out, basically, and show individuals that this can be done. Um, when you keep God at the center of everything, the Lord can can hold you and sustain you because there's there's a, a really a larger dynamic as far as a cost of where the enemy is going to try to get in and try to break that because it's not just breaking up a marriage. He would break up a business. He would break up a household. And that's his intent. And so we have to be much more intentional of remaining connected to the Lord to ensure that our, our, our home life and our family dynamics stay strong for, for that particular reason. That's so good. You know, I, um, I love so much of what you said and I want to touch on just, there's something that you said that I've really been, um, thinking a lot about too, as a business owner. And that is, there's the terrible statistic about, um, nine out of 10 businesses fail, um, in the first, you know, how many every years, I don't know what the, what the statistic is, but recently more and more, I have been thinking about, how the reason for that is not market conditions and it's not um, not even cash flow. I really believe that there's a spiritual element that is creating more businesses to fail than anything else. What do you what would you say about that? 
I really feel that, you know, any time that you want to succeed, especially if you're a believer, you know, God has called us to be the salt of the earth. And so we are the light to any type of atmosphere that we enter into. And if, yeah. especially if it's in the area of business, you know, that's another, that's another sphere or realm of influence that an individual will have. You know, teachers have a realm of influence in the education system. Um, you, know, po- you know, government leaders have that realm in that type of environment. And I really feel that they're, you know, because the, well, business itself is a challenge in its own, but a lot of it really has to do with uh, personal growth, especially if you want to become an entrepreneur. I discovered, you know, because I was an employee and I switched to becoming an entrepreneur, there's a different philosophy that comes along with that. And, and if somebody cannot make the transition there by developing themselves um, as an entrepreneur, there, there's a higher probability of, of not being able to sustain or be able to persevere through the challenges that still come. Because in our business, we still, it's, it's business and we, there are challenges, normal everyday types of challenges that we deal with business. But the interesting thing is that a lot of it has to do with um, dynamics with working with people. And a lot of because of the fact that people are involved in business and and there's different personalities, different ideas, different ways to take um, to, to take that idea or, or a course or a pattern that needs to be charted through. And so how you navigate through that is really key. But personal growth has really been a big factor in that. And um, and really income will follow that as well. In addition to that. But it's it's one of those factors that understanding the dynamic of becoming an entrepreneur Surrounding yourself with other individuals that will care and support for you, especially other believers. Um, a lot of the times, who are who are are, in essence, um, I would say better equipped um, or or maybe have more experience. And it's not so much a comparison thing; it's more surrounding yourself with people that are that have again have have accomplished things or or are more accomplished, so that they can challenge you and lift you up to where they're at. And at the same time, you working on continuing on yourself so that you can continue to rise up as well in that. And so having that, that core group of, of trusted, um, um, advisors or counsel, like it says in Proverbs, having wise counsel, it is really key. And those things have to be established ahead of time because when you do run into scenarios where you need to persevere, and a lot of the times it's very difficult to have an outside in perspective because you're in the midst of it. This is where you can lean on, on, on those individuals to do that. And so, so there is a process. Um, but it's one of the things that I've had to learn because it wasn't, you know, I became an entrepreneur and there's and at every walk select, there's, you know, there isn't like a manual that, that hands you those types of things. It's just continuing to grow, develop, attend seminars, attend any type of thing, read books, um, those kinds of things. And also surround yourself with other individuals that have more experience through you that are again, willing to pour into you and vice versa and drawing from each other's strengths to be able to do that will really help you. In, in that area. Yeah. That's so good. I think it was another, um, I think it was another interview we did recently. And somebody said in corporate life, you climb the ladder as an entrepreneur, you build the ladder as you go. And I think that just speaks to your point about there's no manual for this. Everybody's just kind of figuring it out as they go. Right. Which is why I'm grateful that you're doing these podcasts, because this is a great forum to be able to hear from people from all different walks of lives in different types of industries and the spheres of influence that they have and being able to draw from that to take the things that are applicable in, in what I do uh, in, in my day-to-day thing and as well as, well as ministry too that becomes just so valuable so I'm, I'm super thankful that uh, that you do this uh, as a ministry and it's definitely serving um, a lot of others it's definitely blessed uh, myself and and us and our family and it will continue to do so 
Wow, thanks so much. So I want to um, I want to talk a little bit about you know in our conversations before it was super clear to me that you I mean b- business and ministry seem to be um, all mixed up together for you. I don't really feel like there's any I don't really actually feel like there's any delineation for you. It feels like it's all completely combined. Does it feel like that way for you as well? It, it really is. And it does. And it's, it's, if you look at Jesus's life, you know, he was in the marketplace and the majority of the ministry that he did was in the marketplace. And so following him around, it's like, he was just hanging out with, with, with all folks uh, of all different types of walks and backgrounds and just love, love them where they're at. And, and so when it comes to us in business, it really is one and the same. Uh, but the amazing thing is because we are in business it, and you build relationships, um, not, you, you know, initially they may start off as business relationships or acquaintances, but as you start to get to know somebody and work with somebody more and learn more about them um, and have opportunities to break bread with them, so to speak. So one of the things we do as a family is we like to have people over for dinner a lot and, and just get to know them. And when you, when you get to do things like that, you, you literally can build a bridge where Jesus can walk across. And, 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 and like I said, you never know where that conversation is going to go, where the Holy Spirit will lead things, but it, it, it creates just that opportunity to really find out where people are at in their lives, where are they at and how can we serve them and how can we pray for them? Um, and it's one thing that, that we do a lot is, and I'm never afraid to uh, go out and ask somebody how I can pray for them. Whether they're a believer or not, people are very receptive to receiving prayer. And that can be the start of something simple as that to be able to, to lead them into to the Father, to have them realize who Jesus is. And, and a lot of the times that can be the little bridge that, that can be built for where if they feel they're ministered to, there's more trust that's built and they want to know more about why you have the hope in yourself and, and, how, and, and, and again, foster that too. And so, so that's really a critical thing too. And a lot of the times, you know, as far as people that I, that we've met that initially we started a relationship with, um, had planted some seeds. We ended up finding later that they ended up giving their lives to the Lord because they, they ended up meeting somebody else that led them to the Lord. And so that's a really important thing that, um, that we need to keep in mind is that we are always planting seeds or we can always plant seeds. Because um, I have a lot of zeal in me where I really want to see everybody come to know uh, Christ and know the love that he has and the plans and the purpose and the calling. But it's, it's in the context of relationship. It's how Jesus did. He went and ate and had dinner when he called Zacchaeus down from the tree. You know, he went and, and, and just had communion with them and, and, and built relationships. And a lot of the times when we, we plant a seed, we never know where that seed will go, how it will spur or how it become a a seed that will flourish because somebody else is watering it afterwards. And then um, here you find out that they end up, um, you know, giving their lives to the Lord and ended up becoming part of the kingdom, which is really fantastic. So, so it was something that I struggled with initially because I, again, with the zeal I had, I was like, man, we got to lead to Christ. We got to lead to Christ. And, but, <laughs> but God has his own way. You know, everyone has their own process and God is also working on the hearts of, of other individuals too. But it's uh, it's important that that we we just follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and sometimes the Lord will will have me flat out ask somebody if they uh, if they know Jesus. Um, a lot of the times it can be something else, and so so it's really just again through knowing how God operates and just being yielded to the Holy Spirit that He 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 knows what He's doing, and what a privilege we get to co-labor with Him, and how He chose to do it this way because 
if he didn't, you know, he could easily have had all of this resolved right away if he chose to do that. But he chose to actually co-labor with us, have us co-labor with him. And and what a beautiful thing that we get to do as he resides in us and want us, wants us to go out. So so it's just part of God loving relationship and, uh, and having good relationships with ourselves, but then also reaching out to others to try to build relationships with them and community. And, you know, and I will say it's not always perfect. And, 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 and revival, as I've seen in different out realms, isn't always, um, you know, perfect either. It's, it can get messy at times, um, but God is still in the midst of that. And so we can, we can never be discouraged or lose heart, which is why that support system is really important or somebody that you can have in your life to, to be uh, someone that can help you um, process information, somebody you can talk to where you can, you can have that community. It's so key. And so it all ties together. Uh, in that. Yeah, it's so interesting to me because I just in talking to you, and I mean this in the highest compliment, I feel like I'm talking to a pastor. Um, in our conversations, you just have such a pastoral gifting. And I know that the gifting for evangelism as well. And, I, and I'm going to actually come back to that. But before I do, I just want to I want to touch on something else that you said, because we talk about this in this podcast on a regular basis, but I don't think we can say it enough about what evangelism in the workplace looks like. You know, like you said, it's planting seeds, showing somebody a kindness at work is a form of evangelism. We've talked many times about how excellence, um, and actually in your, in, in an interview we did earlier, we were just talking about how the success that you have in your business is a form of evangelism. It, it gathers people around you and your wife and, and causes them to say, what is going on with them? And how can I, you know, how can I be more like that? So I feel like that's a form of evangelism, but I just feel like if there could just be like this great release of pressure over people, when we talk about evangelism in the workplace, that it can look like many, many, many different things. And it doesn't have to be just because you don't actually have someone accept Jesus as their personal savior right there in your cubicle doesn't mean that you have not been obedient to the call that's on your life as a Christian. What would Absolutely. You say um, I, I'll give you an example, both uh, in the corporate world when I worked there and also in the um, in, in current business right now. So when I worked in the corporate world, um, I worked for a healthcare company in a cubicle type of scenario. The interesting thing is that obviously there's there's different, uh, you know, uh, parameters and things in terms of you have to respect for the business as far as being able to, to preach to others. But just living your life and operating from a place of excellence wins you so yeah. much favor with within the and you could and you could look at all types of um scenarios in in the in the bible you know especially daniel and i mean just joseph <laughs> you know those kinds of things where the the leader you know wasn't necessarily a believer but yet they still found favor and were were were, were promoted and but it was yeah. from an, a place of excellence that that really gets people's attention and so because people look at certain things and they look at your life and so even without necessarily speaking to them directly or, or preaching to them or or even planting seeds just walking out what you believe and in your relationship with god will naturally attract uh, others to you there so it was interesting because i was in the corporate world i was in a position where i would i was eligible for promotions um almost uh, on a year to two year basis in, in the company that I was with for the nine year period. And these were doors that mm -hmm. I did not open. This, these were doors that the Lord opened for me, but it was also through my 
focus on wanting to do the best that I could in the role that I was in, regardless of what it was. And it, 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 it allowed other people that I would have never thought, managers in other departments that I would have never thought would, be, would, would therefore become the advocates for me to my boss to say, hey, you need to look at this guy and this is somebody that you may want to promote. And this is what ended up happening to me. Even during um, when I was working at the healthcare company, they had a restructuring where they eliminated the department and they, they basically shuffled accounts. So I was, I was in account management for managing uh, accounts that, that, that held the health insurance plan. And unfortunately, some of the coworkers that I worked with um, got laid off, but I actually ended up, uh, I had to move to another office because they were eliminating the location as well. So that was another dynamic. But the other thing too, is that I ended up getting a promotion out of the thing because I had to re-interview with a whole other department and, and it was this favor that, that came about, but it was, it was a lot of it because they didn't know who I was. It was a lot on the recommendations of my current uh, boss who I was reporting to and the things that I had done with them during the time that I was there. And so that's really where that can, that can shine. And it can, it'll attract people to you. People are going to know, what did you do? How is it that you're doing this? How is it that you're getting promoted? And this creates that yeah. opportunity for you to share, you know, the love of God and saying, you know, we, I serve a God that's a God of excellence also. And, yeah. and when we, when we humble ourselves and, and he opens the doors and this was something that I discovered the hard way, because there were times in other scenarios where I tried to do other business projects or ventures. Once I started dabbling in entrepreneurism, initially in my early twenties, I tried to launch businesses that were not aligned with what the Lord wanted for me. And they were disaster. And I'm like, I not, but I tried to force that door open. And, and, and when I learned that, I was like, okay, I need to, I need to ensure that what I'm doing is I'm following what the Lord wants for my life and I need to let him open the doors. And, and that's the way I've lived my life for, for more than a decade now in, in as far as just letting God open the doors. And, and he has opened some incredible doors in some incredible ways that I, I can't even imagine. So, so moving to business, one of the things in the area of business is having success in business especially as an entrepreneur, will naturally attract other people to you because they want to know what did you do to get to where you're at. And in our business in particular, we work with a number of entrepreneurs all over the world. And, um, and so with, our, with, with, with the, the platform that we have, we have the ability to go and teach and train uh, others um, as we get invited to speak in different areas. And so naturally, we have a platform where we get to speak from a place of success um, but at the same time, it gives you that platform for people to want to connect with you and want to build a relationship with you. And it also puts you in a position where you have the ability to to speak into their lives as well because they're looking up to you. It's like when you see somebody that's done like Warren Buffett, for example, he's a great example of somebody that everybody admires because of his success in what he's been able to do. And. And so doing it, something in the area of excellence, but then having that success opens an entire door for you to be able to minister in ways that would have never thought have been possible. And we've had opportunities to literally lead people to the Lord, to pray for them, for healing, to help, um, you know, preach messages also have been invited to be able to do that. And all in, in different realms from from restaurants that we book out to tents in the middle of <laughs> Uh, of, a, of a farm in Wisconsin uh, where we do business retreats and have the opportunity to uh, to build relationships with them and then have church services and be able to pour into folks like that. So it's 
it, it's it's really um, something that is important because because God is a God of excellence as well. He's a God of love, but it's yeah. the excellence that attracts people. It's the love that attracts people. But in business, really, excellence is really what helps attract people to you. Yeah, absolutely. I think if we as Christians are all devoted to mediocrity, there's really nothing special that makes people want to say, what is that about? I want, you know, I want more of that. And we are called to be the the head and not the tail. And so I think that's great. I want to, um, I want to jump in, in just a moment. Um, cause I know there's three key areas in which you work your faith out, um, in the workplace through leadership, mentoring and community. And we're going to talk about those in just a minute, but Real quickly before we do, I just want to ask the question, with your gifting and your heart for ministry, why did you and your wife decide to use that in business instead of going into more traditional ministry roles in the church? I really feel we've been called to the marketplace. And and I, and I go back to the open doors in, in terms of what God has been able to do in our lives. There are certain individuals that are called yeah. into the church. You know, we love our local church community. That the, the, all the ones that we've been a part of since we've had a number of moves um, just over the last several years, uh, just pursuing the Lord and in different ways and going to ministry school and then making our way back to Wisconsin. But it really has, um, you know, like I said, there's a lot of value that we have, you know, inside the church with the leadership that's there. And what the Lord has basically allowed us to do is, is the activities that happen inside the four walls of the church for us personally, he has called us to bring that outside. So the neat thing about that yeah. is that anybody can can put a can can create a gathering together, which is really fun because there's there's venues and different things that you can do that you can use to 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 minister to individuals. And so we booked out, like I said, restaurants before um, some of our conferences where we have an annual conference that attracts over twenty thousand entrepreneurs from all over the world. And we have what is called a faith dinner that we that my wife and I actually host. We we put that together. It was something that we didn't start. It was actually handed over to us by somebody else and no longer could do it. And and so we get we pack the restaurant out. The restaurant owner is fantastic and they they gave us a great price on food for everybody to come in. And then he even brings out a speaker with a microphone and has an incredible staff that serves us. And what we do is we'll have a faith dinner where we will have a message. We will pray for our business, our leaders, and but also have a time of ministry. And those are things that happen normally inside of a church. But because we are doing it outside at a restaurant, you know, we'll pack the restaurant on. There's other patrons that come in. They're going to come and hear the message. And uh, we've even had some of the servers that have come in and, and received prayer, you know, and that have not been believers that have just been just lost and, and saying, well, I'm into this or I'm into that. And they're trying to figure life out. And, and here a perfect opportunity for, for you to create it as you're, as you're just working to minister to others too. So that's again, one example um, that, that you can be used outside of the church. But also the other thing too, is just at a coffee shops are fantastic places that you can minister to folks mm-hmm. as you are, are, building that community on a one-on-one relationship. So when you're working in the area of mentoring or even just building those relationships, coffee shops are fantastic. I actually, in the last city that we lived in, um, I had, there's a gentleman there that um, ended up, he was a high executive at a health insurance company that retired early to go into ministry full time. And he discovered that McDonald's are incredible places to witness and evangelize to be. There's actually 
a large gathering of people that gather after the 9 a.m. type of thing. There's they just gather for coffee and they go there. And I, I, I had no idea. I thought maybe people would go to a Starbucks or something like that. But McDonald's, believe it or not, is a place where people gather large numbers of people. And and, and so when I went and saw it for myself, I was like, wow, there are a lot of people here. Usually, usually there's a line <laughs> for the drive through. You know, you don't you normally don't really yeah. see a lot of people in there, but. Um, in, in this community, and I'm sure it's probably in other areas and other communities where McDonald's has become a place and they got McDonald's all over the place. So these can be little mini churches where you can do Bible studies or you can just talk to people or just, you know, gather and have community with, with folks in those types of places. So even learning to see what is God doing in my city? What is he doing everywhere else? It's always keeping my eyes and ears open to find out what else is, how is God moving in, in these different areas, especially when we travel a lot to different areas. We, we get, we love to see what he's doing and how he's doing it because he, he's, he's a relational God and he's never going to do anything the same. He's, he's, he doesn't run on formulas. He does everything the way it's, it's again, based on, on the relational needs of, of his people and who he's trying, the hearts he's trying to, to reach, um, you know, through us. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. Well, let's jump in. Um, I just want to, I feel like I want to circle back to something that you said, because if I remember correctly from our, uh, from our previous conversation, the big dinner that you talked about that you had, that was actually a secular business meeting with sort of this optional gathering um, and ministry time afterwards. And that in addition to the servers that you mentioned, that there were actually people who came for the business conference because they wanted to learn from you in a business capacity and the success you've had in your business um, that actually ended up staying. So there were non-believers from that business conference at that time. That is correct. As well. is yes. That correct? And and that is, that is really yeah. the best thing about it is that our forums that we do whenever we're hosting something, and like I said, we're not the ones always speaking. We like to actually bring in uh, uh, somebody who is an evangelist or a missionary or somebody that can pour into that community that they can relate to. Uh, so when we orchestrate these things, it's not necessarily us doing all of the work and all of the speaking. We like to just bring in different individuals that we know uh, that we've seen a lot of fruit from their ministries or, or, or even just our incredible individuals that we know could speak into this group. But we make it open to anybody and everyone. And the beauty of social media now, especially private Facebook groups and, and events and things that you can invite, you really can get the word out um, really, really quickly and reach a lot of people. But it's because of the fact that we have the success and the influence that therefore entails, builds the trust for somebody that may not normally come to what we call a faith dinner. And that's what we name the event. It's, a, it's our annual faith dinner. Somebody that would normally come not because mm -hmm. it's a faith dinner, they come because of who's going to be there. And they're like, wow, well, Stephen Sand, you're going to be yeah. there, or, you know, so-and-so. There's other folks that are, that, that are there, and we work with a lot of other influential uh, leaders in our, in our business that people come because they're going to be there. And, and so that, again, opens that door for them to want to come in and learn about well, what are they doing and how are they living their life. And it's just we're just letting them into our world. And it's, 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 it's a beautiful thing because the Lord is going to bring those that he's going to bring in and those that are seeking are, are really going to find him. And the beauty about, about business and, and, and entrepreneurism and ministry is that, you know, folks, a lot of folks that we know that uh, we've seen come in as non-believers and then become believers initially started to work in business, especially in our area, because because they just wanted to make a bunch of money, <laughs> which is which is a, a noble right, ambition, right. you know. So as long as they're serving others, and but at the in that journey, 
their whole intent is I'm going to, I want to do this because I want to be successful entrepreneur, but they end up finding the Lord in the mix of that. And that is true for any mm. realm that people are in, whether you're in a cubicle setting, whether you're in a school, in government, in, you know, in any realm, you know, you can have that type of influence if you create opportunities for folks to gather. And, and it's not just like I said, it's not just us doing it together. We, we partner with other individuals and, I know in, in, in all the cities, especially with your listeners, you know, there's there's fantastic churches. There's groups that gather in the community that are believers that you can start to rally together and work together, regardless of their their denomination. And, you know, you can really bring people together to, to keep the main thing, the main thing and, and reach people for Christ. Um, but that's really what the Lord wants us to do is he wants us to work together. And that's another important fact factor to, 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 to being able to reach people and, and love on people too. I think that's good. And just to kind of circle back, I think everything that you said is right on. Um, I know that you and your wife have worked very hard for many years and you have achieved a level of success. And I just want to kind of back up for our listeners who might be just starting in their career and they're thinking, well, I don't have that kind of success yet. I can't be influential yet. I would say that anyone at any stage of their career can operate with an excellence that is influential wherever they are. As my um, producer, Ann Christine said earlier, it's how we steward the mundane with excellence. Um, and just kind of a reminder for our listeners that even though you and your wife have achieved a level of success, you do not have to be at the level that you're at to begin influencing cultures around you with just how you show up. To I would agree 100%. And agree? I will give you an example. My very first job, it was in high school. I worked at Taco Bell. I worked at Taco Bell. I got hired on. I was a friend of mine who mm -hmm. connected me to there and got me a job there. And I was just a cashier or working in the drive through That was my role in Taco Bell. And one of the things that the manager wanted to do is to keep everything clean. You know, cleanliness, sanitation, very important um, for, for many reasons. But because you're in a food establishment. But even in that realm, the interesting thing is operating from that place of excellence and, and working as a team, even though I was working with some pretty tough bosses at the time that were very <laughs> demanding about things, but it's just the way they operated. Uh, and that's the way they were able to manage, yeah. um, you know, that type of, but like I said, as long as you're working with excellence, whether it be, I was cleaning toilets, <laughs> Scrubbing floors, mopping, yeah. and you know, and just making tacos or serving drink—it didn't, it didn't matter. And I'll give you an example. I, because I postured myself with the that that spirit of excellence, and it's not. There's a difference between excellence and striving. Yeah, there's there's a huge difference mm. between the two. Because again, I was only getting paid hourly, so and so were the rest of my coworkers. But I cho I made a decision to to operate even at a Taco Bell from a place of excellence where I was ensuring that I was taking care of the customers that came in. And, you know, even though they were only buying a, a four or $5 meal, um, I remember a family that came in once that, um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't really busy. And so I took their order and I actually just did something simple, like bring their food out to them in the tray. You know, normally they call their number and they come pick it up and that. So I took their food out to them. They sat right. down. It was a husband and a wife and some kids. And then, uh, you know, I was just cleaning in the in between and, and then would circle back and say, hey, can I get you a refill? You know, and I wanted to make that experience a, a good experience for them. 
uh, not for my gain or anything like that. It's like I said, I was just getting paid the same. I wasn't going to get paid extra for it. And so I went and filled their drink yeah. and brought it back. And, and, you know, they were just really nice individuals and just wanted to serve them. And lo and behold, after they left, they left me a tip, which I was shocked because I'd never received a tip. In, in especially in that in fast food, normally at a restaurant, like a sit down type of restaurant, you normally would get. But they left me a tip as a token of gratitude, which showed that they were just uh, making a gesture of appreciation for me offering them the service that I did. And this was at a Taco Bell. So it, this can happen anywhere. It's, it's how you position yourself, how you posture yourself to to operate from that place of excellence. And and like I said, it could even happen there, too. So it doesn't matter where you're at. And but I really feel that the Lord used that to 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 write to raise me up, to give me more opportunities, to open more doors. I just think that's a really good point because whether you're working on an hourly uh, hourly rate or a salary or whatever, how people I love that you use the word posture. Somebody's posture who's making the same amount of money could be completely different, and the difference is because one person understands that they're serving God while the other one is just serving whatever the boss is, like you said, you had some difficult bosses. We've all had them. And I think that difference, what would you say? Uh, I know we're running out of time, but there's so much good stuff uh, coming up. What would you, how would you define the difference between excellence and striving? Um, excellence is really, uh, it's really a, a mindset. You kind of look at the Lord and I, I think of Noah's Ark. That was something, if you read it in the, mm -hmm. you know, there's very specific details that he gave that the Lord gave to Noah to build the ark and all I had to do it to the specifications of what yeah. we had. And so that, you know, you see things like that, you know, the, the, the ark of the covenant, the tent of meaning, those types of things that God had created. Uh, you know, he operates out of that realm and because he has a value for it. And, and so when you're, when you're coming from a place of excellence, it's really about doing the best with the gifts and the talents that the Lord has given you. And, and, and so every single person has been gifted with those giftings and talents. We have the opportunity and the choice to either use them or not. When somebody's striving, that's somebody that's trying to make something happen for one outside of the will of the Lord without seeking him. Or, you know, there's, there's this verse in, in Proverbs that it's one of my favorite verses. I have many, but this is one of my top ones. It says, um, there is a way that seems right to a man. Uh, but in the end, it leads to death, you know, and there's different translations and versions of that. And so, so when, when I read that verse for the first time, that's one that just like, there's one of those that just gets you right in the, you know, in the heart. And that's the one that cut me deep where it's like, wow, you know, if, you know, so when you're, when you're thinking about striving, it's like, there's a way you think that this can be a way that if you think you can work for, for, for love or for, to try to do it's, a lot of the times it, it, it's, it's all about heart posture. And it's all about what God looks at as the heart. Yeah. So you may see two different people in a, in a particular workplace working just as hard as the other, but one could be coming from a place of excellence. The other person could be coming from a place of striving. And when the time comes for promotion, yeah, chances are that that person that's working for a place of excellence is going to be the one that's going to get promoted. And it's because ultimately it comes to the heart and the heart posture. Do you think striving comes from a place of yes, fear absolutely. and excellence comes from a absolutely. place of faith? Yes, yeah, striving to to you know, yeah, yeah. definitely. From it's really re where it's rooted in, and that's in this sense why it becomes a heart posture type of thing. And so, 
So like I said, if you, if you, if you yeah. can remember Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart, lead not on your understanding, and in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. That's really where he will open the doors. Yeah. And there is no need for striving when you trust in the Lord completely. Yeah, great. So, um, so we are unfortunately out of time, but I do want to just really quickly, um, go over, I know we talked about, we were going to talk about leadership, mentoring and community. I think you've given us some really great examples throughout the episode of that, um, that our listeners are going to be just really, really practical for them. I'm sure our listeners are getting lots of ideas about, you know, what that looks like for them. And so, and so I really want to honor you for that. But um, just in the couple quick moments that we have remaining, uh, I want to finish with our final five, five questions designed to further resource our listeners. So what is one, other than the Bible, what's one book that changed your life and why? I would have to say, because I'm an entrepreneur, um, it would be, it would be um, Robert Kiyosaki's. That's actually um, Rich, it's a, it's an audio series that I purchased called Rich Dad Secrets, which is a spinoff off of Rich Dad Poor Dad. But both of them have tremendously impacted my life, and and it, it just really un- helped me understand that I was God had wired me to become an entrepreneur, and I didn't make that discovery until I actually went through that book and that series. Uh, you know the, the the whole series that he had, and it's 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 been. A, I still have it. It's in cassette tape form, and I still have it. And it's one of those things that I have as a keepsake now. Because there's nothing in cassette anymore <laughs> that you can play. So speaking of that, what podcast are you listening to now and why? Uh, podcast, well, in addition to yours, which has been fantastic, you know, because you interview a lot of different people that, like I said, I've never would have thought like, wow, just yeah. different industries that, you know, you just don't think about. And so it's so fun to hear people's stories. Uh, yeah. My other one is um, I, I like to listen to the Bethel Church podcast. Uh, in particular, because that's where we went to ministry school for two years. And so maintaining a connection with everything that we learned there. And and I just I just love the, the message of, you know, they just have a heart to bring the kingdom, heaven to earth right now, not waiting mm-hmm. to go, but right now. Um, the other thing I do is I do a lot of audiobooks and, and books. I, I When I'm, I'm in the car, I have something going on right now. And right now I'm listening to the Jim Rohn, R-O-H-N, yeah. <laughs> library collection. Uh, not the sports guy, but the Jim Rohn, the, the business philosopher. And uh, a lot of other different things that I do there. So just to leverage my time as I'm, as I'm out and about. Great. What's your favorite Bible verse and why? That would be Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, which I mentioned earlier. And it's, again, about trusting the Lord. Things aren't going to make sense when you trust in the Lord because he has his own way of being able to to solve the problem. And here's the amazing thing is that he has the solutions to all problems, whether it be in your life, in your community, in government, in anything that's going on right now, he has the solution and he has the answer. And so when we can trust him and seek him, he has, he has the ability to reveal that to us as well, or reveal it to a community of people to help make that solution come to play. The best business advice that I have ever received I would have to say is um, is just op- is operate from a, a place of humility and excellence at the same time, and and God exalts the humble and and it's it's yeah. it's not an easy thing. It's not as easy as it is because sometimes we can you know we can kind of get in our own heads thinking oh yeah well I did this and then the Lord will remind us no I did this <laughs> along with you, so so just operating from, from humility and excellence and and God will open those doors for me. It's uh, again, the best advice. It's really not about us. 
And what encouragement would you give right now to an entrepreneur who's struggling in their I business? I would say that if um, you, you want to be absolutely sure that it's what the Lord has called you to do and make sure that you have that up clear and make sure that, that you have a green light from the Lord. And, and the reason why is because if you, if you have a red light from him, that means he has a different purpose and a calling for your life. And I tell you what, it, even though it may not feel that it would be better, it's going to be 100 times better because you're going to be in his will. And, uh, but if it is your calling, um, perseverance is, is a big thing. But the things I mentioned earlier, having community, but also most and foremost, working on yourself, personal development, growing personally, because that will have a direct reflection on the success that you will have in your respective business. Great. Thank you so much. And just one last thing before we wrap up, Steve, would you mind just taking a moment and praying over our listeners, a word of encouragement over their businesses? Absolutely. Absolutely. Lord, we just want to thank you for for just your amazing love and who you are and how you just created us all and this purpose that you have us here on this planet for. We just want to lift every single person listening on the podcast, either presently or in the future. And we just pray, Lord, that you can you can give them a radical encounter, a touch of a higher measure of your love and and pray that you can make their path straight and give them clarity in the, in the way that they're supposed to go, Lord. And we just want to thank you, Lord. I just pray increase blessings, favor over every single individual that's here. Also want to just lift up Dawn as well to you for what she's doing through this amazing ministry that you may continue to just bring incredible people to her that she can continue to interview that will reach the millions out there. And, and that, and that your name will be glorified even through ministry and using modern day technology just the way you have, because you created it all. And there's things that haven't been created that will be created that uh, you have the solutions for. So we pray for every single person that they will be following their calling, their purpose, and that they will have a fruitful life. And at the end of their life that you can say when they meet you, well done, good and faithful servant. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Steve, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thank you so much, Don. This has been a pleasure and it's so, so great to have had an opportunity to get to meet you as well. And just so grateful for what you're doing. This is just an incredible forum that you have an incredible ministry that really is blessing so many. Thanks so much. I'd like to thank my guest, Steve Rodriguez, for joining me today. Just a reminder that you can access the show notes for today's episode at donsadler.com slash 016. If you'd like to hear more conversations with Christians who are finding purpose, redefining work, and changing their world, subscribe on iTunes and leave us a review. If you have a testimony or story to share about how this podcast has helped you pursue your own calling, or if you've just got a question or some feedback about the show, email me at hello at donsadler.com. I'd love to hear from you. The show has been brought to you by the Bold Visions Brave Warriors Coaching System, helping Christians create vision, commit to action, and conquer their goals to achieve their God-given calling. Learn more at boldvisionsbravewarriors.com. This has been the Your Purpose is Calling podcast. I'm your host, Don Sadler. Thanks for listening.